Hello and welcome to this episode of the Evelyn Partners Investment Podcast. I'm Cherry Reynard and with me today is Daniel Kusali. We're going to be discussing the potential impact of the conflict and humanitarian crisis in the Middle East on financial markets, its longer term influence on the oil price and for the energy transition. We're recording this on Wednesday, the 1st of November, 2023. Before we begin, here's some important information. Nothing in this recording is intended to constitute advice or recommendation, and you should not take any investment decision based on its content. Any opinions expressed may be subject to change without notice. Remember that the value of investments can fall as well as rise, and you may not get back the amount you originally invested. Past performance should not be considered a reliable indicator of future returns. Different funds carry varying levels of risk depending on the geographic region or industry sector in which they invest. You should make yourself aware of these specific risks prior to investing. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, or if you need advice on your specific requirements, you should seek professional financial advice. So welcome, Daniel. Afternoon, Cherry. Uh, Now, before we begin, we do want to reflect for a moment and express our sadness for the loss of innocent civilian lives in Israel and Gaza. Like many of you listening, we are reminded of the world's fragility. Our thoughts are first and foremost with those affected. Absolutely. Um, So, Daniel, let's start with a look at the conflict in more detail. Um, Has it also been felt in financial markets? Well, so far, these events have not had a major impact on wider global financial markets. This is largely because the affected region accounts for a small share of oil production with no disruption to global energy supplies. However, should the conflict spread throughout the Middle East, the impact on the energy sector and broader financial markets could be material. While there are many unknown permutations in this highly volatile situation, there are plenty of potential flashpoints that need monitoring. Okay, and so what what do you think are those flashpoints? Well, I think there's three. I mean, first... A major Hezbollah attack against northern Israel. Hezbollah has a capable military force, and this would open up a two-front war for Israel that could prove long-lasting. Hezbollah also has close links to Iran, one of the region's major powers, so this development could increase the risk of Iranian involvement in the conflict. Second, a strong response by Israel in Gaza, with or without US support. This could increase the risk of the conflict spreading. For example, it could encourage Hezbollah to attack from the north, or draw Iran into direct conflict with Israel. Similarly, it could also unify the Arab world. For example, the Yemeni supreme leader of the Houthi movement, allied with Iran, warned that they could respond with missile and drone strikes against Israel. Third, recovery of hostages. Securing the release of the hostages is a key goal of the Israeli and US governments. And it's not yet clear how they will respond. The memory of President Carter's failed attempt to recover citizens during the Iran hostage crisis in April 1980 illustrates the risks and uncertainty involved. Absolutely. And if the worst should happen and the conflict spreads, where do you think are the key areas of vulnerability? If instability is to spread, it is likely to involve Iran. The response of Israel and the US will be crucial. The US could impose sanctions on Iran, which may lead to a significant reduction in crude oil supply and upward pressure on global energy prices. While a direct Iranian involvement in the conflict would likely see a direct US military response. Either option would likely lead to weakness in financial markets. The Brent crude oil price has stabilised at a high level of around $90 a barrel, and this follows supply cuts led by Saudi Arabia and Russia in September, and also while global growth remains robust and the US Strategic Petroleum Reserve is at its lowest point since the mid-1980s. This means that the oil market could be vulnerable 
and potentially volatile if the situation escalates. Okay, now uh, let's look at what's happening elsewhere. Um, we have very good data from the US um, last week, and you know, so it looks like global glo- growth is still robust. Yeah, that, that's right. When balancing out the risk coming out of the Middle East, it's a global macro picture that is improving. Inflation continues to slow. And that eases the likelihood that central banks will have to raise interest rates further. Global growth forecasts are holding up, though there is a possibility of a mild recession in developed economies, given that central banks have raised interest rates aggressively. And um, what are you thinking is likely to happen on company earnings? Can we expect more growth in the next few years? Yeah, well, companies have been quite adept at taking advantage of solid labour markets where unemployment rates are low and have been able to pass on rising costs to keep profit margins up. So while media headlines continue to focus on the risks, analysts remain upbeat on the prospects for company earnings. The consensus expects around 11% earnings per share growth in both 2024 and 2025. Okay, so based on that, can we expect to see an improvement in equity markets? Well, the outlook for equities remains finely balanced as the ongoing fundamental strength is set against deliberately restrictive monetary policy environment, provided that the geopolitical risks do not escalate, there remains scope for equities to recover into year-end. Okay, and um, in your latest outlook, you've also talked about the problems around renewables. Um, I wonder, can you talk us through that in a bit more detail? Well, the need for renewable power has gained momentum to provide an alternative energy source over fossil fuels over the years, and also to facilitate the desire for some countries to achieve their global net-zero targets. That's because tackling carbon emissions is proven to be a significant challenge for governments around the world. So while energy and carbon intensity have decreased over the decades, increases in global economic activity and population continue to lift overall carbon emissions, and particularly in the developing world. And why have we seen a correction in some of the kind of renewable stocks? Well, share prices in global renewable companies have corrected this year for arguably three reasons. First, there is uncertainty over public support and government commitments to reducing carbon emissions. Indeed, a YouGov survey taken after the changes proposed by Prime Minister Rishi Sunak in September showed that most people in the UK supported a delay in the ban of the sale of new petrol and diesel cars, as well as gas boilers from 2030 to 2035. Outside the UK, investors will be paying close attention to the US general election in a year's time, to see whether Donald Trump is re-elected president. It goes without saying that Trump's comments generally do not support the renewable theme. Second, some wind and solar projects are looking less economically viable due to rising costs from higher prices of materials and increased borrowing rates. And third, there is a lack of global coordination of the energy transition. For instance, the US wants to cut China from its energy supply chains for geopolitical reasons, even though China leads in clean energy technology. Washington is concerned about energy security and is uncomfortable with Beijing controlling the levers in supplying solar panels and batteries. And against that backdrop, do you think the renewables theme can recover? Well, for the renewables theme to recover in the short term, lower inflation and interest rates are probably needed. For the long term, investors will be looking for a willingness of governments to work together to provide clean energy. Also, a breakthrough in battery technology to store intermittent energy from wind and solar. We have had technological breakthroughs that worked in the past. Think of jet travel, internet or uh, the electricity. Who knows what human innovation can achieve? In the future, it may be possible to store wind and solar energy to make renewable energy a reality.
Okay, that seems an optimistic note on which to end. So thanks, Daniel, for that roundup. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. All references and lines spoken about in this episode can be found in the episode show notes. And you can find lots of other investment articles on evelyn.com, including our latest outlook. Ben Seeger-Scott will be back with us in the studio for our next podcast episode. And we'd love to have you join us then if you can. Please do subscribe to our show if you haven't done so, and you can rate and review us in the App Store. Until next time.